0: Yes, I am so excited about this series that we start next week, Attacking Anxiety, that Pastor Glenn told you about. It's been on Pastor Glenn's heart for a while uh, that God wants him to share this with us. He regularly prays about where God wants to bring us in the Word. You know, we have a good shepherd, and our good shepherd Has provided us with a really good pastor. Can you just appreciate Pastor Glenn Davis with me? This week we are finishing our study of Psalm 23, that famous psalm which opens with the words, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want because nothing and no one could fulfill us but the Lord. He is personally my shepherd. He's personally your shepherd. David does not present this as he's like the leader of mankind or of all the people, but he's mine. He's yours, he's personal to us. If you look in your notes, I want you to see this as kind of the background Of everything that we've talked about the last few weeks and especially today is that Psalm 23 is first and foremost a psalm of praise, of praise. Everything that David writes in this psalm is to elevate the shepherd in praise and thanksgiving for who he is because King David, he's a warrior king. And when he faces battle, the first thing he needs to do, first and foremost, is to give praise and thanksgiving to God. So as David thinks back to his shepherding days as a boy, he looks at God's role as his personal shepherd to give praise and thanksgiving, and this is how he spells it out in Psalm 23. And over the last couple of weeks, We've gone from the early parts of this chapter. It opens, he sets the stage of like the sheep that are in the ranch in winter because he shares about the pasture land that would be around the home that the shepherd has carefully prepared, done all the work to remove the rocks, to make sure that it is lush and green and saying that, gosh, he leads me, the Lord himself leads me to this pasture and makes me lie down in it. Sheep only lie down when they're well fed. So he feeds us with his wonderful word. And then he leads me beside the still waters. Again, near the ranch where alcoves were prepared for the sheep to be able to drink of still, not rushing water that is also clear and pure because he satisfies our thirst. It's what he does for us. He leads us in right paths for his name's sake, And then in the second week, Pastor Glenn shared... It's like now winter is over, the early part of spring is over, it's now late spring, and a good shepherd just doesn't leave his sheep on the ranch all year. He begins to prepare them for the journey up to the beautiful meadows, the mountaintop meadows. So he takes the sheep out of their comfort zone and leads them through sometimes very dark valleys. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. The mountain shadows are scary, but in the presence of a shadow, you know that there must be a light behind. Any shadow that seems to darken your life or mine, there could be no shadow. If there was no light and then he says that in the process of this your rod and your staff comfort me even through these dark and dangerous times the rod of the shepherd which is there for protection of the sheep it's a symbol of authority the staff which is there to rescue the sheep from trouble is a symbol of his compassion and care so his authority and his compassion are there for us no matter what dark valley we're going through. Well there's a purpose for this and that is to praise the one who comforts and protects. To praise the one that makes us lie down in green pastures who cares for us. It's praise and thanksgiving. But now in the conclusion of David's psalm of praise the good shepherd, now the metaphor of life as a sheep It's still there, but it begins to give way to the reality of life that we have as children of God. So let's pray right now and lift up his word. If you have your Bible, you can lift that up. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that you have anointed it to be powerful, and we pray that you would anoint our hearts to receive it in Jesus' name, amen. Well, there are lots of brothers and sisters who are watching right now around the world online. I think we should let them know that we love them. Can we share our love for those who are watching online? And also, ladies who are watching from the Pinellas County Jail, we want you to know you're part of our family and we love you too. So now it's summer. And late spring and early summer and the rocky climb through the mountains and meadows it opens up now to these mesas that are so beautiful and covered with delectable herbs. But the good shepherd has gone ahead already. He hasn't just been behind with the sheep this whole time. He's gone ahead to dig up any poisonous plants to spy out where predators might be lurking. And if you look at your notes in Psalm 23, the first part of verse 5, David writes, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Think about it. You're a lucky sheep to have a shepherd like this. I mean, back at home, not every shepherd was a good shepherd. There's lazy bad shepherds that still have their sheep at the ranch. They don't want to go off through the mountains. They just let them try to find something green to eat in the same old overgrazed pasture. But not your shepherd. No, when you left to go through the valleys, the other sheep were going, where are they going? Well, what are they doing? You've got the good shepherd that's taking you to the best places. He led you through all the mountain passes. It was scary, but here it is, this high mesa banquet of succulent treats, all the hemlock and poisonous plants cleared away, just rare flowers and yummy plants. Mmm, salad bar. Now, are there wolves nearby that would like lamb chop for dinner? Yeah, but the shepherd is here with his rod and his staff, so just try something, wolf, and see what happens to you. The shadow of death is gone. Now there's just this wonderfully prepared table in the very presence of your enemies. This walk through the valley and up to the mountain mesas, Alexander McLaren, who's, who's a commentator in scripture, I love what he wrote long ago. He wrote this, He who guides into the gorge will guide through it. It is not a cul-de-sac shut in with precipices at the far end, but it opens out on shining tablelands." where there is greener pasture. So so what are the enemies who are in the presence of our shepherd's preparation? They're not just human enemies. As we know, the minions of hell are furious as God prepares heaven for us. But the word for enemies here can also refer to anything that causes distress and harassment, Sources of mental and emotional and spiritual pain. In the presence of demons and in the presence of traumas, he prepares our reward. Can you think of a time in scripture when God prepared a table for us? I can. Jesus had a table prepared and around it sat 11 sheep and one wolf And at that table, he lifted up bread and said, this is is my body, which is gonna be broken for you. He's explaining the meaning of the Passover feast. The cup he takes, this is the cup of the new covenant. In my own blood, he shed his blood for us. He gave himself so that we could have all. What a table he prepared for us. And then he gave us this beautiful opportunity to memorialize it on an ongoing basis as a community of believers. We just did it today. He prepared that table for us. And even in the presence of whatever is going on in our lives, that are tragic or challenging or difficult or distressing. Even in the presence of the legions of hell who would like very much to keep us from fulfilling our purpose in Christ, the table is there. He's prepared it for us. It is for us. If you look at your notes, we're speaking to God now in these points because this is what David's doing in the Psalm. We say to God, your provision for me proclaims your victory, proclaims your victory. Oh, how he provides. But this isn't, this isn't all, there's more. He says in the second part of the verse, you anoint my head with oil. Now there's a wonderful transition that occurs with these words. A a shepherd's gotta diligently care for the sheep in the summer up there in the meadows because while there are good plants on which to feast, there's also a lot of bugs. And the bugs up there seem to want nothing more than to get into the sheep's ears and the sheep's nostrils. So what a good shepherd has to do is constantly apply oily liniment to the heads of his flock during these summer months up on the mountain meadows. It's a lot of work, but the sheep need it and the shepherd supplies every need. But it's not just what he supplies, it's the shepherd himself who is the supply. Watchman Nee writes, in the purpose of God, Christ is not only the giver of everything we need, he is everything we need. Amen? Amen. So think of the anointing of these sheep's heads, but in ancient culture, the anointing of someone's head also took place when an honored guest came to a banquet. Let's say you're the guest of honor there, and it signifies favor upon the guest. Oil was a symbol of prosperity and blessing and happiness and hospitality. But to David, it meant even more than that, didn't it? It meant life's purpose. Because it's at this moment, in writing this Psalm about sheep, it's almost like David is like starting to rub his eyes and the vision of the sheep up in the Alpine meadow disappears and instead of a little lamb, he sees a little boy a boy who's tending sheep up in the mountains, rubbing the sheep's heads with oil, you know. And the boy hears the voice of an older brother calling, David, David, David. Go home to the ranch, run. Father wants you. Me? I don't, why does he want me? I'm the youngest. I just spend my summer vacation up here picking out of the sheep's ears. Not that I mind, but just, David, just go. And so David leaves the mountain meadows and he runs down through the valleys and he gets back to the home where all his other brothers are standing there, as well as his father, what's going on here? And then there's some old man sitting there with a leather pouch full of oil. It's the prophet Samuel. The judge of all Israel who was looking for a king to anoint. And as Samuel looked up at this scrawny kid smelling like sheep's ears, God spoke to Samuel saying, rise and anoint, this is the one. So the shepherd's head was anointed with oil and the message was clear. And the message was, David, I have a purpose for you. Yes, it's to be king, Yes, it's to be a writer of Psalms, but most of all, most of all, my purpose for you is to be a man after my own heart. There's no greater purpose than that. If you look at your notes, oh God, your purpose for me is more of you. It's more of you. And you know, when you have more of him in your life kind of immersed in him you're spending time with him it becomes evident in everything you do and everything you say somebody wrote a story years ago about a great banquet that took place fine dining hall and the, the person that was to entertain they they invited this shakespearean actor who was going to recite poetry and so this shakespearean actor gets up in front after the eating dessert, you know, and he says, "'I will recite any poem that you wish.'" And of course, they were calling out the names of famous poems, and he'd recite them, and they'd all applaud. And then this hand went up in the back. It was an old country preacher. And the Shakespearean actor said, "'Yes, old man, what would you like to hear?' And the man said, "'Do you know Psalm 23?' The Shakespearean actor chuckled. He says, yes, I know Psalm 23. I'll tell you what, I'll make you a deal. I'll recite Psalm 23 if after I'm done you recite it. And then he began. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me. Beside the still waters, he restoreth my soul." And so on, you know. And when he (laughs) was, no, it was much better than that. (laughs) But when he finished reciting Psalm 23, there was, there was applause, there was a standing ovation, there were cheers. And the actor said, all right, old man, it's your turn. The old country preacher shakily got to his feet and in an unsteady cracking voice recited the psalm. When he was finished, there was no applause or no cheers. There was also not a dry eye in the house. Some were openly sobbing. The actor's manager who was nearby turned to the actor and said, What just happened there? And the actor said, well, I'll tell you what happened. I may know Psalm 23, but that old man, he knows the shepherd. David goes on, my cup overflows. So I want you to think here in this vision that David has, remembering the pouring of oil all over his head because anointing with oil at that time For a kingship, it wasn't just like a little dab of oil. It was like you pour the whole thing over his head. And it went down his face that day when he scrambled down the mountains to be anointed the king. The oil spilling over, the cup of all of his hopes and his dreams and his joys was full and running over at the astonishment of God's love for him. The least worthy one, right? The least considered. Just a random lamb with a really good shepherd. And David knew... That a cup running over means that you don't keep all this goodness to yourself. When a cup runs over, it means that there's more abundance than the cup can contain. The love and the purpose and the joy that our shepherd pours into the cup of our hearts is more than our hearts can contain. It's meant to flow over into the lives of others. That's why Jesus said in John 7, 37 and 38, if anyone's thirsty, let them come to me and drink. And whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And what David knew is what Christ proclaimed, what God pours into us is meant to overflow. It is. John Piper puts this beautifully when he writes, So the sequence is this, drink in Christ by faith, pour Christ out in praise and love, and never thirst again, never thirst again. Okay, so this is your heart. It's a good heart. It started out like thimble size, but... God's been growing you and teaching you, you've been spending time with him, so gradually you've grown into a nice full, nice big old glass. And these are the lives of the people around, your family, your friends, people in church, people at work, all those folks. And this is Jesus who wants to pour his love and life into your heart. For you to know his joy, for you to know his peace, and his purposes and so he does I'll give you some joy I'll put love in your heart how about forgiveness forgiveness for everything how about eternal life how about more life how about peace that passes all understanding you see you cannot contain it's not possible to contain so the heart of a Christian flows over into the lives of those around you. It's not something we keep to ourselves. In your notes, as we're talking to God, you pour life into me so that you can bless others. What praise he's offering here, what thanksgiving. He's saying my cup overflows. I mean, this is how David the warrior king knew victory. It was by praising him, and that's what he's doing in this psalm. And now he just goes into a crescendo of praise here in verse six when he says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. All David's life as a shepherd And, you know, his life as a sheep, because he was. It gave him this prophetic window into the future. With certainty, he knows that two things are following him, goodness and mercy. But I want to clarify something. I don't think follow is probably the best translation of the word in this verse. The word here in Hebrew for follow is probably better translated pursue. Goodness and mercy don't follow you like little puppies in your aftermath. They're chasing you like sheepdogs intent on catching up with you and filling you with goodness and showering you with mercy. They're chasing you. They're not following you. So when I was in the third grade, and I was was short for my age, the shortest kid in my class, I know that's a big surprise, The boys learned not to pick on me because, you know, they just learned. But the girls could get away with it and, and because, you know, you don't fight girls. So there were these two girls in particular, Lisa and Tina. And every day at recess, they would just chase me. And I was fortunately fast and agile, so I would manage to avoid them through all of recess and escape for another day but it began to wear on my heart. Like, what do I do? So I was with my grandparents one day and I said to my grandfather, Abuelo, what do I do here? These girls are chasing me every single day. And he he said, well, Timothy, I would let them catch you. and my grandmother started yelling at him in Spanish. <laughs> and I didn't understand. I'm like, wow, I it was the third grade. But well, the point is, if goodness and mercy are chasing you, <laughs> let them catch you. <laughs> it's good, you want them to catch you. <laughs> Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, he chases us, he pursues us passionately. The old preachers would call the Holy Spirit the hound of heaven, whose goal is to capture us with love and blessing and eternal life. Listen to how Jesus put it in John chapter 14, verse three, when he's talking about the preparation that he's making for us, right, preparing a table. He says, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. And this is the last point in your notes. You pursue me that we may live together forever. Forever. That's why he pursues us. So that we can be with him in that house that he prepares for us for all eternity. And what we've been doing each of these weeks is saying the verses of the Psalm that we've studied together that day. It's something we don't normally do here, but it's been pretty sweet. So I'd like you to say with me, not repeat after me, but say with me these last two verses of Psalm 23. Would you do it with me? You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemy you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever.
1: To change.
2: This is how I fight my battles This is how I fight my battles This is how This is how I fight my battles This is how I fight my battles This is how I fight my battles This is how I fight my
0: sit down for just another moment. I want to challenge you to stand with your brothers and sisters. For those of you that might be going through a valley right now, and for those of you who know someone who's going through a valley, the way to fight is with praise and thanksgiving. This Wednesday, we have something. We're not going to have it for another month. We really want to invite you to stand together with all of us this Worship Wednesday. This Wednesday, at seven o'clock. It's just an hour. It's an hour of praise and thanksgiving. If you've been coming, you know that there's been special every time. And we do have something special planned for this one to focus on praise and thanksgiving. It will be special. Would you pray about that with me? Would you do that and pray with your brothers and sisters and come and stand and fight this battle by lifting him up because that's what we do. That's my challenge for you. This Wednesday at 7 o'clock, join me and join your brothers and sisters. But I also cannot let this opportunity pass because we know that the hound of heaven has been after some of you. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes? Everyone's head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you've never really given your heart and life to Jesus you've never come to him and just said I know I know I'm a sinner would you please forgive me and give me new life I believe that God's been tugging on your heart I believe that it's not an accident that you're here today I think God's been working on you and bringing you to this place so in just a moment I'm gonna ask for you to raise your hand if that's you, but with everyone's eyes closed, head bowed, the reason I want you to raise your hand is so that I can keep you in my prayers before I go to bed tonight. My wife and I will do that. And if that is you, you wanna say, Pastor Tim, I just want you to pray for me because yes, I have been feeling that tug on my heart. I would like that forgiveness and new life. When I count to three, I just want you to slip your hand up in the air and look at me when you do. As soon as I see your hand, you can put it right back down. One, two, three. Hands going up all over the room. Yes, I see your hand and yours and yours and yours and yours. Thank you. And up there, I see your hand. Yes, thank you and thank you. I see your hand, madam I'm in the middle section now. Yes, I see your hand. Thank you and yours. And yours i'm on my left now thank you i see your hands sir and yours sir thank you i see your hands can we just praise god for what he's doing in the lives of people in this place i would like you all to pray after me this prayer and if you're one of those who raised your hands you're praying this for the first time and you mean it in your heart god always answers yes to this prayer he's promised that he would. And this is your birthday. This is a new day for you. Would you repeat after me? Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus, your son. Thank you for sending him to die in my place, to take the punishment I deserve. I ask you to forgive me. And I make Jesus my Lord my Savior, and my God. And I ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, can we just praise him right now? Would you stand to receive a blessing? And if you're on the altar prayer team, you can come to the front. If you'd like prayer for any reason, when I dismiss in just a moment, then you can come up and receive prayer. And if you're one of those that raised your hands, please don't leave before you come up and talk to one of these prayer partners because we have a gift for you that we would like to give you. So to receive your blessing now, you can raise your hands or lift up your heart. May you be blessed with the table that he has prepared for you. May you be anointed with his purpose. May the cup of your heart Run over with his love to all those around you. May goodness and mercy pursue you and catch you. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen and amen. Have a beautiful Sunday, everyone.